It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Hello and welcome to the Best Supporting After Show, where we continue to queen out on all things Best Supporting Actress. Uh, used to be awards, but that season's over, so you know it's yeah. going to be a real grab bag this you know going forward. And uh, on that note, I'm still Colin, and I'm still Nick. And uh, we have we have a few fun things to talk about today. Again, we have yeah. moved out of awards season, and. Uh, if you listened to our main episode this week on Moonstruck, then you did get a bit of a taste of, I think, what's to come on the Best Supporting After yeah. Show, because I am very excited to bring some Best Supporting Trivia to this <laughs> to this this show. Um, Me too. So I was I was I had this idea, and I'll premiere it next week. We've talked about it a little bit. It's called Which Weast Is It? And uh, the idea that I have so far is that I. I ask, for example, you know, which movie starring Diane, which movie did Diane Weiss star in in which she drove a Dodge Caravan? And then I'll give you four choices. You might not know, but you might be able to narrow it down. It's like, well, I don't think she drove one in the birdcage. So I'll cross that off the list. Yes, you know? that I know um, for sure. Yes. Yeah. But so, and I Edward won't give you the answer. Hands, maybe. Might be. I won't give you the answer okay. because I'm probably going to use that question. But um, love it. Yeah, some Witch Weast is it. I think some Eileen Brennan themed trivia I think will be really Ooh. fun. You know, like maybe but it's I am a... determined to enjoy my Yes, yes, <laughs> but I am determined to get this answer correct. Yeah, so it'll be, uh, should be very, very fun. But in the meantime, since we haven't fully launched that, this is a, a, a deep tease. Uh, we were just yes. going to talk about a few fun things this week. Yeah, one of the things that we talked about. Um, it got my, I almost said got my juices flowing. That sounds oddly erotic, but uh, <laughs> my creative juice, I'm just going to stop with the juice, but um, <laughs> it struck a chord because I feel like this is something that we do share um, is like the idea of gays having their divas and what kind of gay mm. are you? Are you a Britney gay? Are you a Barbara gay? Are you a Liza gay? A Judy? There's Bette Midler. Like It's like the list goes on and on. And most of the time it is like actresses or singers or people that do both. Um, but you don't have one, Colin, and neither do I. And I just think that it's interesting because for... I never really, like, was self-conscious of it. But, like, of course, like, I mean, that was kind of the impetus of, like, the no good, very bad gay that I was going to educate myself and just kind of learn a little bit about everything and everyone. And I did, you know, season two was all about, like, singers. And the first season was about, like, movies. Um, but I guess, like, n I, I am glad that I know more references because it does help but at the same time, like, I never really found what I was looking for, which sounds, like, sad in a way. <laughs> but at the same time, mm -hmm. um, the divas, like, I still don't really, like, Ina Garden is my diva. I love Rita Moreno a lot, but, like, I don't know everything about her. It's, like, what what constitutes, like, 
you are, you know, an aficionado or something like that. Like people, you you have to know every album Mm -hmm. and every song and like seen them twice live and, you know, or more than that. It's just an interesting topic, I think. Yeah. And I I think it's, you brought up a really interesting distinction between, you know, Rita Moreno and Ina Garten. You're like, you know, Ina Garten is my diva. I like, I love Rita. I like her a lot. And I think there is that big difference. There's a lot of actresses and a lot of singers that I really like or I really admire. Oh, Marco has jumped on the table. There's, you know, there's someone he I admire. He also likes and, Rita. And like Thank you, much. Marco. He also loves Rita. Anytime, there's certain people we talk about. That's true. very excited. He's trying um, to tell you something. <laughs> Did somebody say Shafali Shaw? <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, she is in this show. It's on Netflix called um, Delhi Crime. Okay. Uh, and it's this like series. It's very heavy. Um, but she's, I think, like the lead in it. And I think I'm going to dive into it. So speaking Great. of divas that I've, I'm, you know, becoming obsessed with, for anyone who didn't listen to our Monsoon Wedding episode, Shafali Shah from that, I, I'm finding myself kind of like, okay, I need, what What else can I see you yes. in? So I might watch Delhi Crime and... Uh, talk you know respond to that later but um but yeah i uh i do think there is that distinction of like i i think of certain people you know britney spears fans you mm-hmm. know people who are people who have learned how to say the word conservative conservative <laughs> conservatorship this reminds me of like the it happened and hathaway kerfuffle from last week <laughs> you're two for two it happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, however you say that word, I feel like, you know, real Britney stands like really had to learn how to say it so they could talk about it often and are just obsessed with her. They have strong feelings Mm -hmm. about her albums and her eras and her looks and and have seen her perform and just have that like that that deep like emotional connection. And I don't yeah, I don't think I have that or have like ever had that. But I love that it's a thing yeah and that it is also something that that it's very i mean it's not exclusive to but as two gay men we can kind of speak to our wheelhouse like it is very common among gay men to have some kind of diva worship yeah it's almost like your harry potter house you know like where do you mm. fit in and and like oh you're this and like again i mean right. there's so many different like it's almost like a whole different chapter of this is like, how do you, what kind of gay are you? But like, this is just, you know, even with like, uh, you know, your sexual preferences, like, are you like, as far as like the otters versus like <laughs> the mm, bears mm-hmm. versus everything. And it's like trying to find where you fit in. And, and sometimes you don't really clearly I guess fit into not even just moving away from the bears and the otters oh my for a second um but like going back to this idea of um most of the time it does start with like music I feel you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. like when you did your episode of the no good very bad gay you did um I almost said the b-52s but what was it I'm sorry I'm blanking ace of base ace of base base. yes yeah it's like Mm -hmm. and I love that choice too because it it it's not that it tells you everything you need to know about Colin Drucker, but it is it is like a very it's like it's it's just kind of what like you grew up with and it's not Madonna and it's not Janet, it's not Celine or you know mm-hmm. Whitney. But we all have like shades of that, you know what I mean? Like I grew up on like my mom listened to the Bodyguard soundtrack like on loop and also loved Mariah Carey. Right. So like I'm I can keep up 
but like I don't know the facts. I don't know like the deep cuts or I can't keep, you know, I can't spar with someone at like a party over drinks or something, but um mm-hmm. I do and I yeah, think go that, for it. Oh, I was going to say and I and I think that kind of fandom, the like the Whitney's and the Britneys and the Janets, like the Beyoncé, like the these sort of, you know, huge you know energies and these like huge pop stars like i feel like it's almost like okay i could i can see people getting really caught up in that and i find that as a really interesting type of diva worship or diva attachment compared to say like a judy garland that i think is very different and i think like there's something like part of it i is i think kind of the you know and maybe this is true for these other women but it is the element of tragedy you know and i think that's one of the things I've always kind of appreciated, you know, about whoever my, you know, my closest proximity to like a diva worship would be is like, it does tie back to a certain level of like tragedy and strength and like, you know, uh, kind of seeing somebody at their weakest and seeing somebody prevail. Like I think, well, we certainly see that with Whitney and Brittany and, and Liza and Barbara. I think it's, I think it's different with someone like Judy, I guess, because it did all end tragically, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm thinking, I mean, just because we just talked about Moonstruck, like Cher is like kind of an outlier a little bit, but at the same Mm. time, like she lost her husband. So there's like, there's like shades of that as well too. Like what movie is it where they're talking about Cher and someone says she's such a survivor. What is that? Oh, someone tweet me because it's like some, 90s movie and it's like some random like one-liner it's like the equivalent of like the bend and snap guy in legally blonde that says like works every time it it's just like she's mm-hmm. such a survivor but i i do feel that there is a uh like you said shades of like resiliency and like also being like your truest like the truest version of yourself. Like nowadays I think about like Lizzo and I think about like Lady Gaga. Mm. Even Lady Gaga is like by no means old, but like I think of like these new, you know, the new, I almost said new shipment of women. Why would I ever cut? (laughs) Like the new, (laughs) the new class, you know what I mean? Like that that are kind of joining and like, I don't know half of them, but I know like Ariana Grande and like Lizzo and like Taylor Swift even like, um, right. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that that's it's worth bringing up that like an Ariana Grande or a Taylor Swift or a you know Dua Lipa or whatever Billie like Eilish, you know, yeah, yeah. Billie Eilish who to me I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I get it, but I don't it it's not for me. Like it's it's for a lot of other people and it is it's interesting to think about like what the through lines are and I think um what I've always thought with this, whether it's Judy Garland or it's, you know, Cher or it's Taylor Swift, my my theory on this has been that, like, especially for gay men, and I think you were kind of hinting at this, what made me think of it, was like, and maybe this this is probably just me editorializing, but I think there is something about women kind of living and being like loudly authentic and yes. like loudly themselves and unapologetically themselves. And I think of like, to me, it ties back to, you know, uh, how, how much in my life I've suppressed the feminine part of myself yeah. or suppressed what, what I'm seeing them kind of 
stand on like you know the platform of and and sing out you know i've kind of tried to tuck away into a closet Mm -hmm. and i think that 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 i've always thought must be some kind of like connection is that these are kind of like women being women out loud you know yeah i i totally agree with that and but like i i'm trying to think of like I guess my out if I was to like say like you have to put someone down on paper like what like really was like a defining like if we're just talking about like singers or groups it's it's probably like early musical theater stuff too for me which is like another mm. subcategory like that's kind of where I latched on to I mean it was like you know it's like the beginner shows like Rent and Phantom of the Opera and then you've sort of discover Sondheim and everything else and Jason Robert Brown and then you, you sort of evolve but there was and it was a little bit of that it was a little bit of Britney like but I only bought her first album and then and then I dropped off I just like moved on to other things it was kind of like uh, I had this like buffet of all these like different because it's 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 interesting to think of like Britney or even Christina like as a diva at this point too but like they mm-hmm. are like diva age but they're just they're like pop stars in my mind like they're always going to be that sort right. of era but ah, that's such an interesting sort of idea of by is is that why is that why we haven't really sought out or latched on to anyone but we have mm. just in other ways I, I mean I think even this podcast you know like the idea yeah. of a woman winning best supporting actress I think that that I don't know like it's it's the it's the specificity of that. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of left of center of that. It's kind of, I guess, in some ways, I think, you know, not that supporting characters are are always unassuming or unexpected. Like, often they steal the show. But I I guess, like, I appreciate, you know, I, I think that's kind of what I've always loved about the, you know, best supporting actress or supporting actresses is, like, the ability to make such a huge impact with less time and less space, you know? Yes. And, uh and I, yeah, and I guess, I don't know, like the, I feel like, you know, whether it's best supporting actress or just, you know, just an actress in a movie, I feel like anytime I see, so, you know, someone crying or screaming or like having like really big, like emotional reactions, like I, I don't know, like it, I think there's something about that too, about the kind of like, uh, there's something vicarious about it. Mm-hmm. There's something kind of like living vicariously through that of being so openly emotional and like being so openly vulnerable that I, I think why I love watching women cry in movies is not because I'm, I hope some kind of like sick sadist, but like I love, I have like an admiration uh, and a fondness for like watching an actor have to be that vulnerable, you know, and, mm-hmm. and certainly seeing men do it. I mean, Anthony Hopkins and the father is a great example. Yeah. I just, I, I, for some reason watching women do it, I, I feel more fluent in it. I feel like I understand it more. Whereas watching men be emotional in movies doesn't always resonate the same way for some reason. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sort of digesting that too, because I, there is something strangely cathartic about it. And Mm -hmm. like you said, the vicarious, yeah, because most of the time, too, in movies, too, it's like going back to just like what like the definition of a BSA, which is like, you know, how do you define how do you define that? Or like BSA energy. It's like, you know, it when right. you see it. Um, but also there are some like uh, 
if you had to put it on paper, like you probably could at the same time, as far as like someone who maybe you don't expect that much out of um, at first sight, even in real life too, like the BSAs of like mm-hmm. our life, you know, I, I think that there's right there's something to be said for uh, kind of an underdog, but like it, it, that's not even like a, uh, a prerequisite either too, because most BSAs do pack a punch or they have some sort of a journey where they are maybe an underdog at first and then sort of rise above. And that's something else to latch on to. Um, I'm just kind of taking that in for a moment. I don't really have too much to add to that, but I, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and, and who knows? I mean, I'm just kind of, spitting out ideas of like because i don't think i have really an answer either as to like why like because i think that is our form of diva worship like Mm -hmm. you you know you obviously have a podcast dedicated to ina garten and i think that probably would be you know if you had to pick someone that seems to be like you know the fitting choice yes but i think where there are people who have whole podcasts dedicated to britney spears or dedicated to you know just uh you know pop star divas whatever i think we're doing the same thing it's just with the specific context of, of supporting actresses. And, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things I've always also loved, like if that's our, if that's our diva worship is supporting actresses, I think I've, whenever I think of myself in, in life, I, or I feel like, you know, even roles I'd want to play in a movie, not that I'm an actor or an actress for that matter, but <laughs> there's something about the character or being someone who people don't, like flying under the radar, like people not expecting. Like, I think there's something about like, you know, like I guess kind of using Moonstruck as an example, like Olympia Dukakis is great in the, in the whole movie. And then in that last scene, it's like, Oh my God, where did that come from? And she just kind of like steals the whole movie. And I think of Sandy Dennis and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf where, you know, with, with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton in the room, just like acting up a storm, like she, it, it, I love that she won an Oscar and she has moments like standing at the top of the stairs listening or just, you know, playing these small notes that I feel like are such a sort of delightful surprise. Um, and I, I guess I kind of have always, you know, wanted that same, like wanted to be that same person. Like I feel like whenever I start something new, I'm I'm always kind of quiet in the beginning and kind of shy in the beginning. And like, but ultimately like below all of that, I have, I'm, I'm like incredibly competitive to stand out. Oh, by the end, yes. You know? Yes. You know? I um, like when, when you did your stand up comedy co- class, did, did any of that, did you feel any of that energy when you started it of like, how much do I want to be seen in the room? Yes. You know? I, that's the perfect example. Um, thank you for that lovely segue. But like, it's true. Like, I have been writing down little bits and bobbles, like, for about like, honestly, about like two years before I started that and just like it's it was like it's anything this this is like going down you know a different path for a second because I do have some things to say about what we were just talking about I'll try to remember it but it's like our most our innermost desires like what do you want to be if like money you know money didn't matter or like what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail at it and like there's mm-hmm. certain things that like I've wanted to do stand up for like so long and it wasn't really until I took that like 6 week course that like I really saw how hard it is and like how much work goes into it and like just like the journey of crafting like a good bit or a good joke and the rhythm and like how that can be interrupted by like uh, someone laughing at something you didn't expect or uh, stuff like that. Mm. But I was ready <laughs> like when I was in that class <laughs> right. and I was determined to be the funniest. And I remember when right. 
yeah, like I, but I also like held my ground. Like we did a couple things that I was not so great at, and I would get like really pissed because we would do, um, like come like almost like stand up improv. Like someone would give you a word, and you would just talk about it for like a minute. Mm. And uh, some one, one the first time I did it, it was just so shitty. And the second time I did it, I like killed. And my teacher was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Yeah!" I like sat down on my seat, and I was like, "I'm." You know, it just feels good. And I remember when the uh, the order came out, I closed the show and I was like, yes, oh, wow, it's all happening. And like the girl, the one girl in the class, there were some really great people in the in the class, I will say, like and they were all women. The women were the strongest. The straight men were just the straight men. And then there was me. Um, right. But the, the probably the strongest, most experienced girl who she went first. She opened. And I remember, like, and it was just, like, the best night ever because everyone was there, and it was, like, I was just, like, on a high. But, yes, I am super competitive. Like, I I want mm-hmm. to be the best. I will be the best. And if I'm not good at something right away, like, I will find a way to make it happen. <laughs> I don't right. know. It's, right. I, ah. I know. I always think whenever I start something new, <clears throat> I put it in the lens of like mm-hmm. a season of Drag Race, and I'm like, oh, okay, who would I be in this competition? Yeah, you know, like who do, who is my competition? Like if I had to imagine a top three, even if this is not a competitive situation, like that class, like if you're like, mm-hmm. if I had to think of like a top three of this class, like yes. okay, obviously me, but like who else would be in it? Yes. but like never saying any of that out loud, like never letting anyone know that you're thinking that. Yeah, I I could say I'm not going to say it right now, just in case they're listening, but like the two other girls that I would place in that category in that class like yeah for sure and it's fun I think Keon and I were just talking about this the other day it's like it's just like my my end game it's like if I could pick the perfect job it's like definitely something creative and I just want to work like on a team of kind like really kind and really talented people who give a shit and Mm. like really love what Mm -hmm. they're doing like it really is like yes to get paid for it would also be great but like also like sure. there's and i think that's what really like is a lot of the lifeblood of like actors and musicians and artists and dancers is like we know what that feels like and like to give like once you have it it's like oh man it's really hard to give up in a way yeah yeah i mean i i, I agree completely like my my dream is to yeah, and i think it's a it's an important uh nuance is working with kind creative talented people yeah. like i uh, not being with like, you know, in a high stress environment yeah. or, you know, if I am stressing about something, I want it to be something I'm passionate about. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like that um, the the need and want to, it's also like validation though, right? It's like, I, I really have mm-hmm. to watch myself because sometimes, especially in the world of podcasting, like what I it's like and we've done this before even on this podcast like episodes that we thought were complete shit like ended up Mm. being really successful in quotes or like people like commented on or people would email us specifically about a certain episode and we're like wow that's the episode huh it's like right your best work is never going to feel like your best work and that's hard to navigate sometimes yeah it's very true is that like you really you can't you can't put something out with the idea that, okay, this is my best work. Everyone's going to go crazy for this. Yes. Like it has to be like, you have to not be trying. Um, 
Because, like, ultimately, you could also put out something like, oh, this is it. Everyone's going to love this. And you get, like, not even negative feedback. You just get crickets, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and this sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but uh, when Johnny and I and All Right Mary, when we did that episode on Scream, I remember finishing that episode and thinking, like, we, that was just word salad for two hours. I don't think we said anything. <laughs> I don't remember saying yeah. anything cohesive in this episode. But I, don't, I think that is the episode recently that we've gotten like the most feedback yeah, on i got texts from people episode. who I, I don't even talk to like friends i didn't even know listen to the podcast like oh i love this scream episode and i was like oh you know so and and that's i mean i still the episode is it is what it is i'm you know i'm glad people liked it but i was like i i finished that thinking oh god i can't believe we're gonna release this to everybody because i don't i don't i think we just were all over the place but you never know yeah. and you know i mean I I just thought everyone was going to love our Murder on the Orient Express episode. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I feel like we always say that that's like, you know, I don't think it was, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but yeah. I don't think it was like a bad episode. It was just for us, the point of like, ugh, this is not the content we want to be talking about. Yeah. And and we got like two negative reviews at the same time mm-hmm. where someone was like, oh, and they didn't even watch the whole movie. It was like, why would I watch the whole fucking movie? <laughs> yeah. Like. She's in one scene. Yeah, it's so true. And the rest true. of it's so boring. I think it's also just like, I mean, it's always going to come back to podcasting because, I mean, one, this is a podcast. But two, like, we've been right. doing it for, I don't know, five or six years. How long has it been? I don't know. Uh, and it's like. Yeah, you, I think it's. Yeah. Almost five years for me. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of start to get into a groove and you forget that, like, people really st- still respond to it. And that's sort of like, I, and I'm sure you remember it too, like, just like the magic of the beginning of making the pot, like, uh, for you, it's all right, Mary, mm. for me, it's girlfriends. It's like the very, it's like, you never forget your first, but like, it really truly is the most like miraculous thing when people start to listen to something that you think that people won't listen to, I guess. And like, you start to get to make friends and connections and um, and start to get reviews and like going back to validation, of course. But like, that's just like, it's like, uh, I can think it's Oprah said like fame, sh- oh, Keon like would know this quote, fame should never be the goal. It should just be like mm. a result, I guess, uh, of working right. hard. That's probably not the quote at all. But um uh, it's just it's just really cool. Uh, so, I mean, like podcasting's cool, but like I I, I think right. that that's kind of the um, as far as like validation and like what you just never know what people are gonna latch onto and how you feel about when you release it. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I certainly. I mean, obviously, we started this podcast with you know we already had built-in audiences from other podcasts, yeah. but it's like. You know, uh, you have no idea how people are going to respond to it, what they're going to think of it. And I think it's, you know, it, it, I, I'm always like most validated by uh, when it's like, oh, I, you know, people enjoyed the content we talked about. But I but like when people are like, oh, I, just, I like, you know, hearing you guys each week. It's kind of like the checking in. Like, I think a lot of people had that over quarantine of like podcasts were then like these like familiar voices that came into your life every week. Yeah. And. Um, and that was so gratifying to be like, oh, I feel like I'm doing something valuable here, you know, because you could certainly look back at the past year and be like, oh, boy, we went through a global pandemic and I spent the whole time talking about best supporting actresses. Like, was I contributing to the world, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, yeah, in a way you are, yes. you know? Um, 
So, uh, so yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, validation is <laughs> so wildly valuable, but you know, I'll pretty much do anything, but podcasting for it is kind of lovely. Yeah, exactly. I know that we, um, the second topic we had too was, um, you kind of have a big, you know, life change, uh, as well. So lead us into that, Colin. Yes. Well, I guess, you know, leaning into more podcasting, uh, because I, at the end of this month, will be leaving my day job in digital advertising. Uh, yeah, I uh, am so excited about this. I am I am not leaving it to pursue a new job necessarily. I mean, I certainly have some things I'm doing and working on in terms of podcasts, and that's currently the direction I want to go with my life and where I'm, you know, more passionate and more excited. But uh, it's, yeah, it's a big decision. I mean, to be to be totally honest, like, I mean, this job, uh, it's just become such a sort of corporate burnout situation. But, like, it was really good money. And, you know, there was a lot of job security there and stability in that respect. But it was also, like, just being on Zoom calls all day and just being super stressed out all the time. And, like, yeah, the money's nice, but, like, what am I even, like, you know, what am I spending it on? You know, like what, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I just, I, you know, I think especially after being in lockdown, I think everything just kind of got heightened of like, I can't live like this anymore. And so I'm very excited because I, my intention is pretty much to take the summer off mm -hmm. and just, you know, have a summer of podcasting and hopefully getting outside and, maybe reading some books and watching some movies and um, sleeping and just kind of, you know, I think not only after this job, but after just everything the past year plus, I think just kind of recuperating and, yeah. and you know, refinding myself. And I'm, I'm so excited about it. I mean, I'll still have some income coming in from All Right Mary and, you know, uh, probably we'll do some freelance, you know, podcast editing or writing or whatnot mm -hmm. just to kind of keep some money coming in. But, you know, I, I probably the, all, the entire month of June, I'm going to do nothing. <laughs> it's intoxicating, really. I am so happy for you and like simultaneously very jealous of this, like the opportunity to have that. I feel like the whole world deserves a summer off, like a sabbatical, like mm. how teachers would get during the summer. And I, I'm right. I'm specifically excited that um that your like enthusiasm and like uh excitement for lack of a better word, I keep using that word, but uh for like outweighs a sort of sense of like, am I doing the right thing? Because I'm sure there's mm. a part of like that's a piece of the pie, but at the same time, this isn't like an illogical choice like you have like more important like, like you have the stability and the money and the sort of like you know the other passive income like coming in to sort of support that as well it's like it's it's really do you think it's like besides getting you know sort of into this like even more into the podcast world and, and you know producing or you're like writing and um is there, do you have a specific goal? Because I feel like that's what you're going to be asked at parties or like when you tell your friends, mm -hmm. like, what, what do you want to do? Like, there always is that question. But like, I wish people wouldn't ask that because. Right. It's, it's not that it, it's a rude question, but it's also like, why not do this? Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah, right. There's always that tie back to like, well, because when people ask, what do you do? What they want to know is what's your day job? You know, like, how are you paying your bills? And 
how are you conforming to that model? Yeah. And I, I just, I've never fit into that model. I've never been, you know, an office person and I've done it forever at many different companies. And it's kind of like, you know, it's just never fit. And, you know, I've, I've tried to kind of do my own thing and there's been a couple false starts. And I think, you know, you live and you learn from those. And I think at this point, you know, I, what I what I'd love to do is really like I'm kind of taking this podcast course right now and kind of in improving and increasing my like podcast production, you know, just knowledge and skills and uh, and experience. And, you know, I kind of love the idea of doing more of that. I mm -hmm. mean, one of the things I was thinking is like, especially over the summer is, you know, we know a lot of people who have podcasts and kind of like offering you know even for free of like hey can i produce your podcast can i edit it yeah you know can i just like you know uh have a go at it and and just see what i can produce just to get more experience doing it and just kind of have more proof of that work out there and then you know over time i mean that's certainly a, a career option as being a freelance audio producer there's lots of companies starting podcasts now that yeah. need audio engineers. So if I wanted to do that, but I mean, what I, what I'd really love to do is have it all be kind of my own thing of, of, you know, multiple streams of income from all right, Mary, from freelance work, from, you know, having some, some production clients and really, you know, making some tote bags and tank tops. I've been <laughs> yes. thinking, finally. Um, and just kind of doing it that way. I think that's always made sense to me as multiple streams of income. That's what people always say. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, I just know that if I keep staying in this job, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to go nowhere fast. Like I'm just, I'm, just going to burn out and then I won't have the energy to pursue any of this other stuff. And so I kind of think sometimes you got to take a big risk and take, take a big leap and let the universe know you're like, yeah, I'm really fucking ready for this. And you know, yeah. Uh, see what happens. So, uh, it's, you know, certainly there's, there's those, you know, those moments of like, Oh my God, I'm leaving the most money I've ever made. And you know, I, also feel like there's so many people who like that's how the story started for them was yeah. like had a great job making a ton of money super burnt out needed a change needed to take a risk and i just think i'm i'm in that chapter of hopefully a very successful story yeah and i also think that there's like it's an informed decision maybe is the better way to say it too because you're already like well ahead of the game as far as like you're not just quitting mm. your job to start like a blog about macrame or something <laughs> you know it's like right you're, right you're exactly. already in the arena of like what you're looking to accomplish and have been doing so and you have the found the foundation is laid it's like the plane is on the runway and you've been circling for a while um or right. what's the word that i'm looking for there's like a word taxi taxi yeah. yes 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 Ugh. um so taking me back to fort Lauderdale. i know sorry taxi uh, at the airport pivot, pivot. Ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's um, so exciting. I I I'm thrilled for you. I I'm I think that there's so much ahead of you that's like inspiring, like me in a way. I love like what you know. What's my story now? Like I'm. It's funny because mm. I just started the corporate world. Like I I'm like the reverse. You know, not that I had like this right. freedom, but like I was teaching private voice. And really, like, feeling proud of what I was doing because it was, like, something in my major. And I still got to do, like, podcasting and performing on the side. And it was a really good era or, like, chapter of my life. And now I'm sort of just doing this, like, corporate drag sort of situation. And in a job that I don't mind and, like, is stable. And it's, like, I'm mm -hmm. kind of beginning that chapter of 
but then there's like that there's always the ha- the side of me that's like but what if i did this or what if i really focused on that so it's it's really interesting to um have that conversation with myself and what that looks like for me um and just like you know kind of sketching out a blueprint of what that looks like oh marco yeah agrees. i mean the thing <laughs> marco agrees you got you got the marco seal of approval on that one that was cute um I mean, the thing to keep in mind that I always have to remember with these things, with these day jobs, is like this is this is just what you're doing oh, to make yeah. money. This is just a chapter. Yes. This is because it's so easy to get into a role like that or, you know, be doing that kind of job and just think, oh, my God, this is it. Mm-hmm. And then one day I'm going to be 65 and they're going to throw me a retirement party in the conference room. <laughs> and then this is going to be what I did my whole life. And like it just, you know. When I, cause when, yeah, when I look back on the, you know, I've had those moments over and over. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I got to like a director level role at this job. I was like, you know, and I, if I stuck with it, like there was a lot of growth to really like, this would be a career job. Yes. And it's like, I was like, I'm just not that person. It just, I just can't do it. Yeah. And so instead, this is just a thing I did to make money and then invested myself, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's, so it's like, you know, do the corporate job, save some money, yes. you know, get, use those health benefits, you know, see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if a year from now you're like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Those are the kind of jobs they'll find somebody else, you know? Yeah. They always do. They always do. Yeah. They always do. They always do. So, um, cause you know, at the same time I've also done, you know, the corporate thing and the creative thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the, the past couple of years I've, with, you know, all the podcasts, like I've had both and it is really nice to have that financial security to not have to worry about money. And as long as you can find the time and the energy to be creative, then like there can be a really nice balance. But, um, I think once that gets imbalanced and it's like, uh, all of like that, you know, that whole idea of like, Oh, I'm going to just do my passion on, you know, nights and weekends. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it gets to the point where work wears you out so much that you don't have the energy in the evening yes. and, the, and the weekends are all about recovering or numbing, I, to me, that's like the the red flag of like, if you stop doing your creative stuff and your passion stuff, that's, I think, when the corporate thing is uh, a reason to, to be concerned. Yeah, I think that there's something it's so fascinating to me that like no one really knows who anyone is at work. You know what I mean? And and like it's like mm-hmm. so many I like I'm working with these people who are all lovely and wonderful and like supportive and kind and uh you know all the things I'm kind of looking for in the corporate environment which I find is like really rare too. So I I'm I'm very happy with it, which I never thought I could say. And granted like I only started in October, so like l- like I'm not even really in like the thick of it yet. So like things can get way worse. Um, But I I think that there's something like so many people that I'm close with, like they don't even know that like I'm a podcaster or that like I went to school for like classical voice or that I do stand up comedy sometimes. And like, it's just like, there's like, like the secret identity of it all. That's like, I'm so much more than just this. And I, I I think like what you said to that, I never, this is like specifically just to get myself some stability and get myself some of those bennies and like a a decent Mm -hmm. salary and just kind of bank some of that and still continue to do what I do. And I I can do it. Like you said, like the all right, Mary of it all. And like you having this job for however many years um, it's possible. It's, and I never thought that that was possible, nor did I want that. I guess it's like, I have to do the art thing and not the corporate thing because then I'm selling myself out. 
Right. Oh, yeah, I know. And it's just being a purist about it. Yeah. And, you know, but I feel like there's so many people who, you know, in whatever their art is, they talk also about all of the, like, sometimes just, like, soul-sucking jobs. You know, people were just, like, doing, yeah. you know, dirty work and just, you know, working graveyard shifts and diners and, you know, whatever. You know, all of those stories. And it's, like... It, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Is sometimes you gotta just you gotta hustle to make some money, mm-hmm. but that's just a thing you're doing to make some money. Yeah. And yeah. um. And so I think to go back to that, yeah, that question of like, oh, what do you do? It's like, oh, what is that going to tell you? You know? Yeah. Um. So, because I also think you know there is, in some ways, I mean, obviously, I love podcasting, but I do think that it has some of the same stigma as like saying like you're a blogger you know it is nowadays yes yes right it's like oh you're a podcaster okay uh you know so what do you do you know um or like oh please god don't tell me about your podcast like i always i'm so i don't tell people about my podcast unless they're like so what are your podcasts about like i i just feel like there is that energy of like oh god another person with a podcast you know yeah Um, i'll also add like but i've been doing it for like five or six years i did it before it was right cool. like I, to justify it right right exactly like yeah this isn't just some idea i got in lockdown yeah. like i'm not just like you know a drag queen from drag race starting a podcast sure. so i'm like been doing this yeah um but i mean ultimately that is my goal is like you know someone to say what do you do it'd be like oh i'm i'm a podcast producer and a host you know like that's what i want to be able to tell people i do yeah so oh, gosh, uh, yes. you know bitch get into it <laughs> Marco agrees again. He's meowing in the background. Oh know. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I had to. I had to kick him off the table again before. Uh, he just. Oh my. God, the, and they just lays on the mixer and like lays on the oh, cord. It's so cute though. He's great. He's great. Um. Well. Uh. I mean, a, a fun sort of uh buffet of topics. Yeah. Uh. Are, what are your thoughts on moving on to our BSAs of the week? Let's do it. Yeah, so of course, anyone who doesn't know, our BSA of the week is a an actor or a perfood or a performance or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week. Uh, so what have you got? I have two nominees and then a BSA of the week. The first is that I officially became, can't believe I'm saying this, a plant dad this week, Colin. Um, Keon, wow. Keon has been a plant dad for a while. He really loves plants. It's It's just like... It's like the banana bread. You know what I mean? It's like everyone. Uh-huh. I mean, I again, like people had, have had plants like far before uh, it was cool to have plants. But I feel like that is a sort of like passing, not passing, but like, um, you know, another classification of like a gay mm-hmm. uh, and or just human in, in that regard. But yeah, I bought two, succul- uh, two succulents this week and uh, they're really cute and I'm kind of excited about them. They're on my windowsill. Um, in my bedroom where I work and they don't require too much water and I'm excited to see what happens. Do you have any plants, Colin? I don't. I mean, Marco... Oh, yeah. You have to be... He's a he's a chewer, yeah. you know, and I had the, the Christmas tree was fake and he wouldn't leave the thing alone. <laughs> so uh, but a succulent. I don't know. He might. I feel like if I got a cactus, he'd learn his lesson pretty quickly. Yeah. So, I know there's like uh, plants that you should not have when you have cats. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. 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 I feel like dogs. It's like poinsettia. Point, is it poinsettia? Poinsettia. I mean, it looks like poinsettia, uh, but I say poinsettia. 
I've always said poinsettia too, yeah. and I just got nervous at the end there. But uh, I feel like they say that, like you know, there's big like Christmas plants, but I guess like the leaves of that are really poisonous. Yeah. So, um, so yes, I would do like triple checking that yeah. you know these are all Marco friendly. Yes. But I I would like to be a plant dad. I think some you know that that's such a thing that people have been doing. Obviously, in lockdown, is like really leaning into the green in their apartments and really I feel like it does make a difference it does you know add a nice vibe yeah there is something like you know you're nurturing something you're taking care of it and it's kind of fun to just see it's you know progress I guess so uh stay tuned on the succulents um my other nominee that was almost my bs of the week until I thought of one thing or I thought of my bs of the week right before we started recording is my good pal Laura Hankin um, and that's H-A-N-K-I-N. Um, she and I worked at Kidville in New York City um, out in oh Hoboken. We would travel every day to Hoboken. I don't know how I did it. Like thinking about it now, it was like a t- it was like a two hour commute. I would have to wake up like it was crazy. But anyway, her and I met um, basically it was like a kid's music class. And um, I played piano and she was um, she was a singer and it was all just like what we were doing to pay the bills. And she was great. And I loved her a lot. And, um, you know, I left New York and we kind of both went our separate ways. But when I would visit, I would always try to see her. And we had like drinks like the last time I was in New York. And this might have been at this point, like three or four years ago, to be honest, because it's been a while since I've been there. But she was saying, like, I think I'm going to write a book and or like I have been writing a book. And she's like super she's like the perfect like voice of like comedy and just like she's super smart she went to Princeton or was it Yale I don't even know but um she like gets it as far as like the sense of humor and like um why I really kind of latched onto her and like we we clicked right away is because of it always comes down to just like you know we would quote 30 rock and stuff like that but this is all Mm -hmm. to say she has written at this point, three books. The first book was called Summertime Girls, and then the second book was called Happy and You Know It. And now she wrote a third book called A Special Place for Women, and it just got picked mm-hmm. up to be a television show, which is so oh my crazy. God. Um, I don't think it's out yet. I believe it's like Paramount picked it up, and um, Samantha B has a production company. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is right now, but it's it's a very clever name. And it's going to be produced as a television show. So I am like, I felt like I, <laughs> like I got a television deal. You know, like, right. it's like sort of like, right. um, I was so thrilled for her. And it's like what we were just talking about with you. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, look what she's doing. Look what he's doing. Like, what can I mm-hmm. be doing? And of course, like, this is all over the course of like four or five years that she wrote those books. And, but now she's like pumping them out and happy. And, you know, it is really great. Um, and a special place for women is yet to come out. But like, I remember I got a Barnes and Noble email that was like new and notable and it like her book was featured and I was like, what? Like, oh, it was like crazy. one of those stories. And I was like, did you know that this mm-hmm. has happened? I like texted her and she's like, I know it's crazy. And then, um, so everyone look out for Laura Hankin, follow her on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else and buy a special place for women soon to be a TV show. So crazy. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. How good for her. Yeah. Ugh. She's really, she's a great writer. So um, she's the next big, uh, big thing, hopefully. Wow. Well, all right. Well, I will check her out. That's so, ugh. That's, yeah. that, that's just, wow. That's so huge. I know. It's um, really crazy. Um, how about you, Colin? 
Well, I guess my nominee would be I finally caught up with the now first three episodes yes. of Oh Shut Up Yay. by the illustrious Dublin Ugh. Zoetrope. A poet. So good. I mean, just, yeah. You know, and it, what's so what's so incredible about Mark is, you know, and so many people like Mark is I feel like, you know, as you had said in previous episodes, like he does really open up and is very vulnerable in these episodes and talks a lot about self-doubt and kind of like that feeling of who am I to have a podcast? Who cares what I have to say? Whatever. And it's so, it's so interesting to see somebody who I think is just killing it in terms of like, (laughs) yes, in terms of just like genius, like the, you know, the, 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 the apple of Instagram is Dublin underscore Zoetrope and like just so funny and such a great specific intelligent point of view. And I think, oh my gosh, you have any doubt in yourself. You are like, you are not seeing how brilliant you are, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and his podcast is great. Like I just, I, I agree. I think it is it is just this really intelligent, you know, campy, like great mix of like heartfelt and and um and humorous. Um I just I'm really loving it. And yeah, these episodes are like all under twenty minutes. I could never. <laughs> I know. I mean I really and he just does it. Like I don't think he's writing anything down, which just takes it like to the stratosphere for me because I don't know how he just yeah. like he just is uh he's just that good. So go listen to Oh yeah. Shut Up on Spotify, everyone, please. I'm so glad you you listened to it. It's it's such a quick binge, too, especially because they're so short. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I, I just feel like it's a, you know, it feels to me much like on Instagram, like an essential point of view. Yeah. You know, so if you're listening to this podcast, you would love Dublin Zoetrope. Yes. Amen. Um, so that's my nominee. I'll, I have just the one nominee, and then I have my BSA of the week. So uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go real quick. Um, my BSA of the week, since it's the week of Mother's Day, is my mom, Deb. Oh, Deb. <laughs> She's the debbiest of all the Debs, really. Um, and I just wanted to give her a shout-out because, <laughs> unfortunately, we will not be in town for Mother's Day because we're going to New Hampshire for two weeks. But uh, we did celebrate with her um over the weekend she uh hosted a brunch even though like i said we could bring stuff we brought like pastries and but she made Mm. like this breakfast casserole that was divine and terrible for you all at the same time and uh, kian and i just went over and it was nice because my dad was away camping with my uncle and some other people so it was just like just the gals and uh, we gabbed for a bit, and I went to see my grandma, who's also a mother, obviously. And uh, it was great. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. Oh, that's very sweet. Well, happy Mother's Day to my mother as well. I don't think she's listening to this episode. She might. I think she does listen to the Best Supporting Podcast. Oh, cute. So Yeah, my mom does not uh, listen to any of my podcasts, by the way. <laughs> that would yeah, be crazy. I I know it's it's certainly a thing. Like I know my mom has listened to In the Details, and I think in Best Supporting Podcast. Yeah. I don't think. She listens to All Right, Mary, which is probably for the better. Uh, <laughs> God, like if I found out if I found out my mother was like an only Mary or a matriarch, oh and she's heard some of those discussions. Uh, I would not like. Yeah, you mom, would never recover. Just don't. You just you don't need to know any of that about me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's like it's like the next level of like when your mom joins Facebook. Yes. It's like well. The drunk post days are over. I know. You know. My mom is not on Facebook either, too. She has no oh. uh, desire to, which is great. So there we go. Oh, so you can just pig out. Lucky you. I know. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, but my BSA of the week is, uh, well, I'm three episodes into Good Girls. Oh, yay! Good! Yes. I am I am taking recommendations and I'm watching them and I cuz you know it's on Netflix and I put it on my list and I was just like just hit play and just see if it catches you yeah. you know and oh boy the women Retta. Oh, I'm Retta. the Reda Reda like talks through tears 10 minutes in I, I was know. like oh Reda is phenomenal I mean all of them are phenomenal Reda is phenomenal she I just really I've always enjoyed her on Parks and Rec and so it's so nice to see like whole plot lines dedicated to her um she's just phenomenal yeah. and I just you know they're, they're just I love that she's the main one of the main characters of this show like yes. I just think like oh like it just this is my kind of main character mm-hmm. like just her energy her approach like the, the fact that she has like some of those Donna beats where she can be that like she has that kind of humor but then like can give you full talking through tears oh, and it yes. works. It it does. Um, it does. Yay. Yeah. And like Christina Hendricks. Yes. Jesus Christ. Like Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain Howard and, <laughs> could and even never. Kate Blanchett. It's like could never like make room you know for yeah. Christina Hendricks. I like I, you know, because I never really watched Mad Men, so I kind of had just like a cursory understanding of like, oh yeah, she was in that. She played, you know, the 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 buxom secretary, yes. and like you just, it's almost like a Margot Robbie where like you don't think to give her more credit than she's due because you think she's just playing, you know, the hot one. Yes. And uh, but then you know she was in that 2011 uh, production of Company, yeah. and she was so good in that, and so. She just, uh, also just the intensity and the talking through tears, mm-hmm. like and Mae Whitman is incredible as well. She's also, but it's like, I, I haven't seen her do the kind of, she hasn't had to do the heavy lifting yet yes. that Christina Hendricks and Retta have, but, uh, it's great. It's such a good show. And I, I really have like an appreciation for like people say now, like TV is like where you know, if you want to see like good new stuff, like TV's where it's at. And it'd be so easy to write off like, oh, good girls, it's on NBC, you know, like how like lower your lower your expectations, you know, but like solid lady acting. Yeah. Like dead to me levels of lady acting. And uh, yeah, I don't think June Squibb showed up for you yet, but she has oh, she's she there. Did. Oh she did. She, good, good. She good. did. As as the grandmother, she did. And I got June Squibb, for yeah, God's sake. Come on. So um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, and now I'm three episodes in, so I'm in, you yeah. know, like now I can kind of keep watching. So I'm going to stick with good girls because it's, uh, it's pretty good. It is good. And, uh, I, I always just call him Stu because that's who he is in Scream. Uh, oh, Matthew yeah. Lillard is like, he's great as like the sort of dopey, you know, husband. Um, yeah, I like his variation on it. Yeah. But I mean, Rio the guy who's like like the bad guy that they're sort of like affiliated with <laughs> oh my god because like the the end of the third episode it's like i guess you know uh christina hendrix has called him and he's at her house and he's like oh so what do you want to talk about and i'm like oh my god no talking just get to yes, it oh my god flooded. i just want to yes yeah <laughs> yes oh i just love it so yeah he's also uh lovely yes yay i'm so glad so yeah Good girls. Good yeah. girls. So thank you for that recommendation. I'm I, so I, glad. Spot on. Yeah. Yes. Well, folks, you know the drill. It's the best sporting after show, and we don't get played off on the best sporting after show. We leave when we want to leave. Yeah. 
Got my keys. Got my succulents. Got my book by Laura Hankin. Yep. <laughs> got my book by Laura Hankin. And yeah, yeah. And uh... and that, as they say, we'll see you next week. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Is that <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, everyone? <laughs> see ya. <laughs>